Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'ezah Hashem, Shalom Bayez Shir number 386. I want to continue briefly just to summarize the main points of the last Shir about the importance of not withdrawing, the importance of maintaining emotional connection. Because emotional disconnection leads to marital disconnection, which can leave deep scars of loneliness and unhappiness and disappointment. We talked about how sometimes giving birth to a new child could be an Nisayan or, or raising a family, and one needs to maintain that strength of the connection of the husband-wife relationship as the family is growing, or as there's a busy or difficult season, or um, that marriages is very important, that the default mode is drifting, and they need to be intentional about loving each other and connecting in secure ways and ways that they feel safe. Because if your spouse doesn't feel safe with you, they can't be intimate with you. And if your marriage isn't a place of security, it will never become a place of emotional connection. And how withdrawing and stonewalling are brutally destructive to a marriage, or self-obsession, or the refusal to take a load and, and, and to connect and to build your marriage is unhealthy. And it's very, very important to ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu Siyata Deshmaya, and then do everything you can to maintain this long-term emotional connection through all seasons of life. And one, the both of you really, one of you take that first step, even if it seems unfair that you're sharing the bulk of that burden to, you know, to spread that, you know, reach out with that olive branch and to really connect it and to face your challenges together as a couple and the key really is, is not the distressing event in, in and of itself, but what, but the isolation that's created by, by the disconnect. That is the real key. And in a way, the isolation after an argument is a much bigger challenge than the argument itself or the disagreement itself or the frustration itself when you decide after that to isolate yourself and to disconnect from your husband or when you wife or with your wife. So it's okay and it's normal to be frustrated at times with your husband or with your wife. But it is a way, if as healthy adults, all of us can do this, that even with that frustration, to show and feel real empathy for our husband and wife at the same time. And to be successful, to have a successfully intimate marriage, that is what you're required to do, to maintain those two opposites in your mind, that you can be frustrated temporarily for whatever is frustrating you, and at the same time, to feel empathy for your husband or for your wife in that frustration and understanding where it's coming from and working together and turning towards each other and not away from each other. And to set your priorities and not put your family life on pause. To sometimes say no, to sometimes set boundaries for yourselves, even with your children, like we explained last time. Weekly check-ins with each other, nightly debriefs with one each other, no matter how busy you are, are valuable tools in staying connected. Because if you don't plan to stay connected, and you don't vigorously protect that plan to stay connected, then you won't stay connected. It is a very, very key, very, very important. We're going to briefly talk today about long-distance relationships where you have matzavim, where a husband or a wife has to be out of town and away from the, the from each other for a long period of time, whatever the reason may be, 
they have a teaching engagement in another city or in another country or across the state, or they, they're away at weeks at a time, away from one another. This can happen in certain marriages, even good marriages, where they just each have just a matzah of where it is. Um, she has some uh, relative or close relative. She has a, a, a parents in, in Eretz Yisrael that need help, so she goes away for three, four weeks there, or the husband doing that. Or um, he was told as a Magad Shir, he was told, you know, he was asked to be in a particular yeshiva for a month in, in Eretz Yisrael or if you're in Eretz Yisrael in Chutzla or it's whatever the case may be. And there is a uh, separation, there's a physical separation of one another, a husband and wife. Um, it could happen very often in wartime, um, you know, with, with, with the army. It happens a lot. Navy chaplains and things like that, where the where husband and wife are away for years. This is an assignment that takes place during wartime, or if one is married to the military and they're called to service. Uh, and you have Baruch Hashem in the secular world. Also, you have where marriages somehow, despite that military life, where sometimes the husband's away for six months, 12 months, 18 months in a shot, and then comes home for a week or two and has to go back. And that's its kufa for even a few years. And their marriage is strong and they're thriving. So it's important. Hopefully most of us don't have this matzah, but we need to understand how to go about it. There needs to be a realistic expectation to it. There needs to be a discussion about it, to discuss it, to know what the warning points are, the extra nisyanis that do take place when there is a physical distance from one another. And to very, very importantly connect with one another in a healthy way, in an emotional way, to always be connected very deeply. The idea of emuna really helps a lot. Realizing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu put you together, that your soul connection is deeper. It's an opportunity to, as you're physically separated, to maintain that emotional deep connection with one another. And the idea behind it is that when, and, and here is the very, very important insight. And it's not always easy, but it's very important to deal with the sexual temptations that could take place when there is that long physical distance of separation from one another. It is very, very important to stay strong. It's very, very important to connect with each other emotionally with one another. And when they finally get to be together, uh, six months later or whatever it is, or, 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 or five weeks later, or whatever it is, to, to be physically together with one another and to have that private union together. What happens with army-wise, what they do is, and they suggest it, and that's what they do, is let's say he went on a six-month leave and then he's coming back and he could be back here for another, for a week or two, however it works, and they have children and she has a family and whatever it is, they work out, they work out, they parcel out with the children, that they go to other places, and for a, a night or two or three, they spend time alone in a hotel or, or, or at home And after the kids are parceled out and they're home, but they're alone. And they, they, that's the opportunity for the returning spouse and the one who's there to mostly connect with each other in a very deep way. And it is very, very important to do that when you finally get together again, even if you have to be separated again physically, and it is a very important aspect of the marriage, and it keeps it healthy, it keeps it alive. One needs a special chizik to know how to cope with loneliness that could take place when there's a distance physically, and to get to talk to each other very, very often, to write each other very, very often, 
to connect with each other, you know, even if it's just 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, and really, really talk deep, meaningful conversations with one another, and to, 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 to basically recognize when you're feeling lonely, oh, I feel lonely now, or even if that sexual urge comes up, to understand it, to feel it, but nevertheless to realize I am married and I am dedicated and I am deeply connected to my husband and my wife and you stay loyal and strong to one another. May HaKadosh Baruch will help that for all of us this should not happen often, and but in life this sometimes does happen and it's very, very important. So number one, if you have to spend time apart from one another, it's important not to put your marriage on hold. Your marriage continues to grow even as you are physically separated. You could grow closer together even while you're spending time apart from one another by making those choices that build your character as a husband and as a wife connecting. And they're honest with each other, explicit about their expectations when they're apart and how what they're going to do when they reconnect to realize what the what the Nisiyanis are and how they're going to cope with it and how they're going to deal with it and how to be empathetic to one another. And despite exhaustion or loneliness that can make life difficult being alone, you don't fault your husband or wife by that. You build each other up. If it's hard to have long conversations or not realistic, give your husband or wife 10-minute conversations over the phone to be present as long as you can to engage with one another. And, and connect with one another. And again, if the separation was a long one and now they're getting back together, it's important for a husband and wife to get together before reconnecting with their children. Parcel out the children, maybe when they first come from a, not seeing their parent for a long while, connect with the children for a while, but then have those two, three days where you're alone. You deal with, you talk to, with a madrich that can help you with those loneliness issues and the sexual temptation issues. And find ways always to stay connected. Because if you don't, then the reunions will feel awkward, you'll feel distant. And it's very, very important if you get counseling together with it, to work towards it, and that will help a great deal. Another thing that's important and not often talked about, but we're going to talk about it today. Um, and we, we had a few shiurim on... Um, Affairs, physical affairs. It's something that I rarely did in the in the in the group. I need to do it. Probably do a few more because it's necessary. It's something that I don't like doing, but I know it's a painful reality sometimes, and it has to be addressed. But more often than physical affairs, there's the emotional affairs of deep, unhealthy friendships that take place between people of opposite genders in married life. That is, is it destroys lives. It destroys marriages. It's not just a physical affair that could cause it. An emotional affair could wreak havoc on the life of your spouse, the life of your children, and your own life. Therefore, it is important to build those blocks to strengthen that emotional attachment no matter what. And we're not going to go into now whether, they, you know, on the physical level, but even if there was an emotional connection you uh, to someone that you shouldn't have had an emotional connection with. You break that affair, and you work, again, towards those building blocks of marriage to strengthen the emotional connection. And to avoid this from happening in the first place, that is the real key, to have that intimate, emotional, connected marriage. From marriage experts, they say that pretty much that the building blocks 
that they, 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 that the research have shown that the essential aspect of marriage and to be have that safe Ari Miklat, that safe haven in marriage is trust, emotional availability, and sensitive responsiveness. Not to be distracted. Because if you're distracted, it keeps you from becoming available to one another. Not to be apathetic or apathy. Apathy means there's a certain callous insensitivity. And of course, when you have that, then there is a betrayal which breaks a trust. And that's when marriage could be severely threatened, not just with a physical affair, but an emotional affair. And therefore, when you build on trust and emotional availability and sensitive responsive to, not, to, to one another, that is the building blocks to rebuild that strength in a marriage. What is emotional availability? Emotional availability means that you create a space to demonstrate and express the concerns for your husband or wife's hurts, their fears, hopes, and joys. It's not a matter of trying to solve that problem as much as simply sitting down with your husband or wife with their problems, hearing their frustrations, sharing in their triumphs, making that emotional and mental space for them. That's what it means being emotionally available. Tell me more. That, those three words, tell me more, sincerely, is three very powerful relationship-building words. Tell me more. I want to know more. Whatever you're feeling is important to me. Whatever you're doing is important to me. I want to know and I want to share with you. That is emotional availability. Sensitive responsive, responsiveness is a learned skill. It's deep listening and responding to that deep listening. You don't respond with immediate judgment. You don't respond with ridicule. You don't try to dismiss the issue just to get over with it. You don't just hear them out and then walk out. You respond and you're sensitive in that response. Your posture in paying attention. How can I make this conversation feel safe for my husband and wife as it begins? How can I, I make them feel heard? How can, how can I make them feel more understood? That is sensitive responsiveness. And then trust is a byproduct of that. As strange as this, text, as this sounds, and again, this is going to sound very um, strange to a lot of people, but when, let's say, you, 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 your, your wife asked you to please pick up the milk at the grocery on your way coming home from shul, and you picked up that milk and brought it home from the grocery, you have just created a bond of trust. If you don't do that, okay, you can forget, and then there's a matter of forgiving the forgetness. Fine. But when you actually do this, and then you whatever you, you fix whatever you forget, and, and I'll be understanding when that happens. But don't think it's a small thing. It sounds very um, strange when you first hear it. If you, a wife, ask a husband, please pick up the milk on the way home from the grocery, and he remembered, and he picked up the milk, and he brought it home, that is a emotional connection of a trust-building act, as mundane, as trivial as it may sound. That is what it is. For your husband or wife to feel intimately connected with you, they need to know that they can depend on you and that you will tell them the truth also, that they'll be very truthful to one another. We talked about how you're allowed to be mashanab me'ashalem, to be sensitive and sometimes avoid the straight-out black-and-white truth because of peace. But the overall relationship has to be based on truth has to be, be, be when you're not afraid to tell each other 
truths about one another, about what's honestly going on in their lives. And that's uh, uh, speak to counselors about it. If you want to, if you just tiptoe around each other for the sake of shalom and not be open at all about yourselves, that ultimately will not help shalom. It will hurt the shalom. And sometimes it's important to bring out that truthful, uncomfortable thing, in a, and learn how to do it in a loving way that could build each other in your marriage. So again, just to review, in the beginning of this year, we, we talked about the emotional connectivity, connecting it to the prior share. We talked about the nisyayness of long-distance marriages that happen and how to counteract that. And then the last thing we talked about now, to avoid betrayals, halila, of affairs, emotional affairs, and things like that, is to build these foundations of building blocks of what we just talked about, and please listen to the last few minutes of the shear and to review what we said about emotional availability and sensitive responsiveness and as trust being a byproduct of those behaviors. Bracha